This episode is supported by Amethyx Technologies. At Amethyx, we love hard data problems, creative solutions, and the ability to impact the good of humanity with artificial intelligence. If you are an experienced, curious data scientist who eats pandas, scikit learn, and TensorFlow for breakfast, be ready for challenges. We have something for you. Go to amethyxcom jobs. That's A-M-E-T-H-I-X.com slash jobs. Thank you for listening to Data Science at Home podcast with Francesco Gadaletta. You are about to get cutting edge insights from the people who are reshaping the world of technology with machine learning, data science, and artificial intelligence. It's time for Data Science at Home. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home. I am Francesco, your host, podcasting from the cozy office of uh, Amethyx Technologies based in Belgium. Today I am with uh, Ambra De Montis and uh, Marco Melis. Uh, they are two researchers from the University of Cagliari in Sardinia, a beautiful region from Italy, <laughs> from southern Italy. Hi guys, how are you doing? Fine. Fine, thank you. Thanks for having us. Hello, hello. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very glad to have you on board because, uh, in fact, today I'm going to, well, we are going to uh, speak about a very interesting project that you guys are uh, the main developers and the main designers, uh, which is Secure Machine Learning or SecML. Of course, all the information that we will mention in this episode will be reported in the show notes of the episode. But before going uh, forward, uh, guys, do you mind introducing yourself to the listeners of uh, Data Science at Home podcast? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here. I'm Ambra De Montis. I graduated and I have received my PhD in electronic engineering and computer science at the University of Cagliari. I had been a visiting student for three months at the University of Manchester. I'm now a postdoc in the University of Cagliari, and uh, I'm a member of the Pattern Recognition and Application Laboratory Group, which is a group of around 20 people, and the group is focused on machine learning, in particular in uh, image analysis, information security, biometric, and adversarial machine learning. The research that uh, I carry out since when I was a PhD student is focused on adversarial machine learning, which is a subfield of machine learning that studies the security of those systems against potential attack. This is very interesting. Marco, how about you? Yeah, uh, I'm, of course, from the same uh, research group of AMBRA, the Pattern Recognition Application Lab, and currently I'm a PhD student and in electronic and computer engineering. My, this is my last year of the PhD course. And currently I am researching uh, mainly adversarial machine learning and especially explainable machine learning. On both topics, I've also been in uh, Germany recently and I was invited to do a research period at the TU Braunschweig University uh, down there. Um, I'm working in the University of Cagliari since 2004. Uh, 2014, sorry. Um, and so I'm now the main project uh, uh, developer of SecML. So, well, the two words that, in fact, uh, 
triggered my attention uh, about SecML, which is a project that uh, you guys can find on secml.gitlab.io. But of course, uh, the show notes of this episode will report all the links that you need to know more about this project. Uh, well, the specific title of the project is a library for secure and explainable machine learning. Now, as I said, I was uh, uh, very much interested in knowing what do secure and explainable, and explainable mean. The term secure referred to a machine learning system means that an attacker cannot maliciously change the behavior of the system or inferring confidential information about it or about its resources, such as personal information about one of the system users. And how about explainable? Yeah, um, one of the main characteristics of this library is that apart from providing what is the secure type of machine learning algorithm, also provide the so-called explainable machine learning algorithm. Uh, basically, generally speaking, uh, an explainable machine learning algorithm is uh, an algorithm that can be explained in some understandable terms to a human being. So that's the important thing, explain to a human what the machine learning system is doing um, by providing information about uh, how the system decided on a specific local decision. So how, why a sample has been classified such a particular class or so on. And uh, more globally, what the system has learned, generally speaking, so has learned any biases, any particular information from the data, uh, and so on. So this is a very mm, interesting research topic that has taken uh, in the recent years, especially for uh, so uh, for those uh, modern deep neural networks that are often used as black box systems because they are very complex, as we all know, uh, and are very difficult to explain why they are, uh, they are working so well in so different applications. Um, and so we wanted to focus on both those two different topics, so security and explaining the uh, machine learning systems. Very cool. Well, as machine learning plays a more and more relevant role in many domains from healthcare to finance and, of course, pharmaceuticals, but also everyday life, uh, for example, autonomous vehicles, if I want yes. to mention just one of them, well, it is quite obvious to see more and more attacks to machine learning systems. And so what are the most popular attacks against machine learning systems that you guys know? The most popular attack against machine learning systems are called evasion and poisoning. To better understand how they work, let's consider a simple machine learning system for malware detection. We know that a machine learning system firstly receives some data on which it is trained. So in our case, it will receive a large number of benign and malicious applications. Once the system has been trained, given a new application, the system can be used to predict if it is a malware or a benign application. Now, suppose that you are an attacker that would like to have his malware misclassified. You can modify your application to have it misclassified by the system. In this case, the attack is called an evasion attack. 
Some online services based on machine learning allows users to provide feedback to the system. So for example, if user know that an application is malicious, maybe because they notice some weird behavior of the application on the smartphone, they can send the application to the online service saying that it is malicious. Those data provided by the users will be then used to retrain the system, improving its performance. However, there is a negative side. Users are in this case allowed to provide training data, basically. Therefore, an attacker can use this capability to alter the behavior of the system. For example, to have his malicious application misclassified without even modifying the application. Wow. <laughs> in this case, where the attacker injects some maliciously crafted training data, the attack is called poisoning. Even though those attacks have become extremely popular recently, I think that it's, it is interesting to know that the first paper that showed the vulnerability of machine learning system against the vision was published in 2004. In fact, the first pioneering work, which were in the context of spam recognition, were published by Dalvi et al. in 2004. To learn more about the history of and the evolution of adversarial machine learning, I suggest reading the paper Wild Pattern 10 years after the rise of adversarial machine learning. I think that probably somebody can be puzzled about how an attacker can perform those attacks. So, well, those attacks can be formulated as an optimization problem, which is usually solved through gradient-based technique. The first gradient-based evasion and poisoning attacks have been proposed respectively in 2013 and 2012 by Battista Bizzo, which is one of the contributors of our library and is one of the leading experts in this field. Whereas the math behind the evasion problem is relatively simple, for poisoning attacks is more complicated because that problem turned out to be a bi-level optimization problem, which is basically a problem with a variable that depends on the solution of a different problem. Therefore, whereas it is plenty of paper and code to perform evasion attacks, there is less work regarding poisoning. However, if you would like to skip all the math behind those attacks, you can use our library, which is, of course, easier. <laughs> and I will definitely take that into account. Uh, now, in both cases, uh, in the case of evasion and poisoning, just let me rephrase a bit for our listeners. All these attacks basically try to fool a machine learning model in order to classify things that are not what they really are, right? Uh, so the idea is that, well, an attacker, for example, would like to fool a machine learning model to, for example, classify a cat for a dog and the other way around. But of course, as we already had, uh, in fact, we had an episode, one of the previous episodes at Data Science at Home, we interviewed a research group from Belgium and they uh, basically developed an attack that uh, could fool surveillance cameras. And so 
you know, the the person in front of the camera was just wearing a special T-shirt, <laughs> and uh, so the camera, you know, the smart camera was not capable of seeing the person in the in the video stream, which is, I mean, amazing, but it's extremely dangerous. So. I truly believe that the work that you guys are conducting with this library is essential to, um, you know, pave the way to a much more secure machine learning framework. Now, does the attacker need to know all the details about the system in order to perform an effective attack? Because that's, you know, that's very important in security, in the security community, it's very important to define the, uh, the attack surface, right? So what does the attacker have to know about the system to attack? So the answer is no. Actually, they don't need to know everything about the system that are going to attack, which is usually called target system. For example, they may not know the parameter, such as the weight of a classifier or even the type of machine learning system that they are going to attack, for example, a neural network. In this case, they may learn a different machine learning system, which is called surrogate, and compute the attack against the surrogate. If the attack is effective also against their target, it is said that the attack transfer, the transferability is the property of an attack basically computed against a machine learning system to be effective against a different one. In one of our papers called Why do adversarial attack transfer explaining transferability of evasion and poisoning attack that has been published this year at Usenix, we have studied the transferability to understand which are the underlying reasons behind it. And we have highlighted an interesting connection with the complexity of the target and the surrogate model. Where with complexity, I'm referring to the capacity of the model to fit the training data, which may be controlled through a well-known technique that is called the regularization. To make a long story even too short, <laughs> in that paper, we have given some guidelines that allows given a target to choose the surrogate that enable to craft more effective attacks. Moreover, we have shown that machine learning systems with high complexity are heavily vulnerable to both evasion and poisoning attack, even if they are computed using a surrogate model. This is of course relevant because in practice, as you said generally, the attacker may not have much knowledge about the system that they are going to attack, especially the online service related cybersecurity, such as antivirus. Usually, they try to hide information about the system to make the attacker life harder. However, as we have shown, attackers may still craft effective attack. Hmm. Well, of course, the, the topic that we are touching today is extremely complex and definitely we cannot squeeze into just one episode, but we'll, we'll do our best. Now, Ambra, why is it important to evaluate the security of machine learning and how can we evaluate such security? Machine learning systems are nowadays extremely accurate, especially in computer vision, where they are even more accurate than human on some specific data set. One of the computer vision applications where they are often used is the detection of street signal in autonomous driving car, 
and the classification of the, those signals. They are also widely applied in cybersecurity-related applications because they allow detecting the so-called zero-days attack, which are attacks that I've never seen before from any antivirus company. Whether those applications may involve the safety of the people or the security of their data. It is therefore really important to correctly evaluate the security of machine learning system. The first step to perform a security evaluation is to understand which might be the attacker strategy that consists basically on the attacker knowledge about the system, the attacker goals and these capabilities. The evaluation is then carried out empirically simulating the attack and measuring its effect on the system. For example, if you are considering an evasion attack, you will measure how many evasion samples are able to fool the system. Performing an attack has a cost, of course, for the attacker. For example, if he modifies a malicious application to avoid the detection performed by a machine learning system, each modification to the application may require an effort for the attacker. If the number of features that he has to modify to evade the classifier, it is really large, it may be impossible to change the application without breaking his malicious functionalities. The number of modifications that the attacker can make is usually called attack power. When you perform the security evaluation, you probably will not know which will be the attacker power, as it also depends on the structure of the specific application that is going to change. In fact, for many applications, it can do it, I mean, it can evade the classifier, even changing really few features. Therefore, to perform a sensible evaluation, you can create a plot with the security of the system on one axis and the attack power in the other. You repeat the security evaluation considering different attack power and you add in the plot the relative system security. This plot that we call security evaluation curves allows you to have a complete and realistic picture of the system security. Right. And so you can basically prepare to the worst attack power or to the biggest attack power. So to discourage, you know, lower levels of attack, right? Yes, of course. It's for this that um, when, we, uh, when we perform the evaluation, we usually consider an attacker that have a perfect knowledge of the system, which is the worst case. Right. Yeah, sure. All right, that's uh, that's very clear. <laughs> now, Marco, should we talk about explainable machine learning? Why is this important, and what can be done specifically with SecML library? Yeah. Um, well, let's start by uh, maybe distinguish between two terms that are uh, often used as synony synonyms, but are not really like so, which are interpretability and explainability of machine learning. Uh, one can consider what is an interpretable machine learning system, uh, which can be directly understood by looking to, to, to its parameters and models and so on, like the very sparse linear models often used in malware detection and other applications, small decision trees, and so on. Um, 
Conversely, the explainable machine learning algorithms are systems that can use to explain other systems, uh, often very complex, like I said before, deep neural networks and, and so on, by looking the models after training. So after the system has been implemented, one can use the so-called explainable machine learning algorithms to understand how and why the system is working in, uh, in, in a particular way. Um, and so the, the question was why explainability is important? Well, the main reason that of course is probably basic and simple, but really important is to understand, as I said. So you have a system, you have a machine learning model, you want to understand more about it. So for both research purposes, but also for operative systems. So if the system is not working as you expect, is failing for uh, some unexpected reasons, like an attacker is targeting your system and so on, you want to explain uh, why is happening. Um, another important reason is uh, the trust of the user of your system. Uh, because if uh, the system can be explained to the end user in some understandable term, of course, or so simple way, uh, the, the user will be more keen of use, uh, of, uh, in the use of your system and will trust that the system will uh, perform well in all the conditions. Like, for example, as you mentioned before, the autonomous car, uh, the user will be probably more uh, uh, trustworthy of those intelligent IE systems implemented in those new models of cars. Um, as a last point, uh, which is very important too, uh, is that there are legal reasons for explaining how a machine learning system is uh, is performing. Uh, the all we know GDPR uh, European Union legislation, in fact, decreased the right to an explanation from any uh, autonomous decision maker. Currently, the the union is not. Uh, uh, leveraging so uh, this right uh, so much, but maybe in the future uh, there will be a legal uh, um, contract for every use of uh, um, personal information in autonomous decision makers, and so providing explanation will be uh, forced for each uh, system like so. Um, so talking about SecML, um, we are going to provide in the near future uh, an integrated way to explain the decision of the machine learning models we uh, provide uh, right now, uh, both locally, uh, so explaining the decision on single samples and globally. So this means that you uh, visualize, you explain what the model has in fact learned from the training data. Um, now I, I probably distinguish between uh, two different types of explanation methods. The first one is based on the, future, uh, the features of the training data. So basically you provide uh, which are the features that have contributed more on the decision on a sample. Like for example, um, 
take the malware analysis uh, uh, case, you have few components in your application, like for example, if you think about uh, Android mobile application, you have a component that send SMS to some numbers or uh, receive SMS and, uh, from some malicious number and so on. You list all of those components that contributed more towards the certain decision. Um, another type of explanation is based on the prototypes. So you basically provide to the user which are the training samples that contributed uh, more in defining what are the parameters of the, the models that were learned during the training phase. So we are going to prov provide different methods for different implementation for all those different methods of explanations. Uh, in the first iteration of this, we are going to provide our explanation method that was recently proposed in uh, Eusipco, the conference from last year, which is called Explaining Black Box Android Malware Detection. So those are the so-called relevance vectors. Uh, uh, and we, uh, this, impl this implementation is specific for Android malware detection, but can be also applied to other contexts. Uh, another um, very famous um, implementation that will be provided is the so-called integrated gradients. This is specific for deep neural networks um, and is also a paper uh, from uh, two years ago. Um, about the prototype-based explanation, it's a very interesting paper from ECML 2017, which is called, uh, which provides what is called the influence function, uh, which is a uh, which is a method for prototype-based explanation, which is very connected to the poisoning attacks we were talking before, uh, and interestingly. Uh, from a mathematical point of view, is the same construction uh, uh, methodology for the poisoning adversarial examples. Of course, we all, we will also include more state-of-art explanation, very famous methods like LIME, LEMNA, uh, the LRP, layer-wise relevance propagation for a deep neural network, and uh, uh, more. Okay. Well, I'm very curious to see all these developments in the in the near future, as you mentioned. Um, now, if you had to list, a, you know, the advantages of SecML library to a new um, user or a potential developer, if you will, uh, what yeah. are the advantages of having such a library in action? Uh, well, uh, as we all know nowadays, there are a lot of machine learning libraries. Uh, we all know the most famous ones like NumPy, Shipai, Scikit-Learn, uh, the most modern TensorFlow, PyTorch for deep neural uh, um, training, and so on. Uh, with our uh, library, we wanted to integrate all of those in a single framework. This is uh, this is where all started. So instead of using and integrating in a custom way all those different uh, libraries. We provide a single way, a single framework to use all those, all the capabilities from those libraries in a single uh, environment. 
so one can use in uh, in averaging of application from computer vision to malware detection to computer security and so on our library uh, which supports for which supports both dense sparse data other types of data and of course, as we mentioned before, we'll, uh, um, we'll provide a proper way to uh, explain what those methods are doing and evaluate the security of those machine learning system and models, as we explained before. Um, another interesting point that we have in mind uh, is that we want the library to be extensible. So all the architecture is boiled with extensibility in mind. So anyone can easily develop new attacks, defenses, classifiers, and so on. Uh, and then uh, those will be directly integrated to all those routine for uh, explanation and security evaluation of, uh, of algorithms. Of course, uh, Another interesting, another important uh, part of the library is for visualization of results. We integrated right now the famous and widely used Matplotlib library, but we also plan to integrate uh, other visualization libraries in the future. Cool. There's a lot of stuff on your plate, and all of this is super interesting. Now, if you want to talk about uh, development roadmap, uh, and of course, hopefully, community contribution, which I hope that after this episode, you guys will have more and more contributors. <laughs> it means that I did, yes. I did my job greatly. <laughs> now, yes. what is uh, some of your future work? What do you guys uh, planned for the future of this library? Uh, yeah, as, as I said, one of the main developer development direction right now is, of, uh, is the explainability methods. So those are coming in the very near futures. We hope for uh, the fourth quarter of 2019 to provide them. Um, but we also uh, plan to provide compatibility with all those aforementioned uh, libraries like PyTorch. Uh, this is also coming in the very near future. And then also uh, we plan to provide support for other uh, deep neural network libraries like the most famous TensorFlow one. And also compatibility with other uh, security and adversarial machine learning. This is a very important point for us. We don't want to provide a complete alternative uh, to those already available libraries. We want all to be integrated together. So we are going to provide wrappers for uh, different uh, third-party libraries like Cleverance, Fullbox, uh, just to cite uh, two of the most used ones. Um, moreover, we are going to provide, of course, uh, defenses against uh, all those attacks of <laughs> mom a lot of those attacks that we mentioned before. Um, the first one that are coming are uh, some defenses based on the rejection surface. So the so to explain very in a basically way, uh, all those samples that are uh, not classified by a system with a high confidence will be rejected by the system. Um, 
and also we are going to provide an implementation of our secure SVM uh, uh, model, which basically uh, try to mitigate the test time evasion attacks uh, by um, constraining the weights that are uh, assigned to each feature during training time. And, and so the attacker has to modify more feature or um, some feature more to, uh, to attack the system. Um, of course, as you said, uh, we, all the community contribution will be welcome, is welcome right now. We hope to, uh, we hope that uh, many research scientists will join us in this project by implementing uh, their algorithm that will be integrated in our framework. And so I wish, uh, I redirect all of the interesting researchers to our uh, GitLab. Uh, so GitLab SecML SecML and uh, use our uh, bug issue tracker to send us suggestions and contribution and modification that for our uh, library. That's very cool, Marco. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, very glad to have you both of you on the show. Ambra, thank you very much. Marco, thank you very much. <laughs> one, uh, I have just one last question. What's the main language that you guys developed this library in? It's Python? Yes, of course. It's a Python library uh, with some parts, of course, which are compiled in C uh, for performance purposes. But we welcome, we, we use and welcome all the Python uh, developers uh, as a, this is the, the main uh, languages. All right. So, well, Python developers, this is your call, secml.gitlab.io. Uh, guys, I'm very glad to have you on the show and I'm definitely looking forward to the future development of this very interesting library, secml.gitlab.io. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to Data Science at Home Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or visit our website at datascienceathome.com. 